I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know and what? it's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is the Jets and Patriots postgame report, week 17. There's some other news to talk about as well. Coach Adam Gase out. He has been fired, relieved of his duties after a 9-23 record in two seasons. We will get to that. But first, let's review the game with the beat writer covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez. Andy, the end of a very tumultuous and event-filled, mostly in not good ways, season. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. It was an, it was definitely interesting, but it wasn't uh, the most uplifting or fun season. But that's uh, the kind of the way the Jets have been the past few years, and, and this is this end of the season date has kind of been an exciting day for Jets fans because. They get to turn the page to the off season, which is when they get to rebuild the, the the team. And it hasn't gone well in years past, obviously. But I think the Jets are in a better position, even though they don't have the number one pick. They're in a better position than they've been really at any time in the last five or six years to make the right moves and get this thing right. Let's quickly review the game, Andy, and then we'll get to what was said in the locker room, which, of course, becomes especially interesting now that we know that Adam Gase is officially gone. 
First order of business, Sam Darnold. There were moments here where, once again, he flashed. He had a really nice touchdown pass to Christopher Herndon, for example, that gave the Jets their 14th point of the game. But overall, it was the same old story here for Darnold. Two bad interceptions and one that should have been that Jamison Crowder actually came out of nowhere and intercepted from the Patriots defensive back, somehow kept himself in bounds. And because of that, instead of the Patriots taking over and going the other way, the Jets were able to continue a drive after a first down in Patriots territory that eventually led to that touchdown I mentioned to Christopher Herndon. And speaking of Christopher Herndon, he was an interesting topic today. For the last few weeks, he has gotten better and better. Today, seven catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown. So signs of life there. I don't know that he's necessarily tight end number one material, but he certainly has shown a lot more the last few weeks. So could be more under the surface as we go along into the offseason and consider what the Jets are going to do at tight end in 2021. Running game was decent today. 22 carries total split evenly among Ty Johnson and Josh Adams. 11 carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown for Adams. 11 carries, 45 yards for Ty Johnson. The good news there is both guys are young. Both guys showed you something. And perhaps the Jets don't necessarily need to be using a mid-round pick on a running back. Maybe they're comfortable with a Johnson-Adams combo going into next year if they just beef up the offensive line. Nice game for Brashad Perriman. Three catches, 84 yards. Not a huge day on the stat sheet for Jamison Crowder, but he had a couple of nice catches, including the one where, as I said, he basically stole away an interception. Finishing up on Darnold from before, I mentioned the interceptions. He also did throw a touchdown, and he was 23 of 34 for a season-high 266 yards. Still, though, again, the back-breaking interceptions and the one that should have been an interception. And then when we look at the defense, nothing super special here. Marcus May was fine. And Bryce Huff, the undrafted rookie out of Memphis, got himself in there on a sack. Foley Fadakasi got a nice shout-out on TV from Jay Feely for being one of the most underrated players on the team. And that's pretty much the deal. One thing with the Patriots that was interesting is they pulled out a trick play where Jacoby Myers, who was a quarterback in college, took the snap and threw a touchdown to Cam Newton, who looks like he's running in slow motion these days. When he got outside the pocket, it was nothing like what we used to watch when we'd see him at Auburn or then later on with the Carolina Panthers. But I thought it was fascinating that Josh McDaniels felt the need in the definition of a meaningless game to bust out a trick play like that. Patriots end up winning this one 28-14, and there's really not much else to say about it. Ultimately, it was a game that was only played because it was on the schedule. Everybody was sitting around just waiting to see what was going to happen after the game. And so once this was over, we got to the big news. But I think the biggest story coming out of this game, Andy, by far for the Jets, is that Sam Darnold once again showed you why he's so frustrating and why the Jets with the second pick in the draft would be silly not to use it on a quarterback. As much as Darnold shows you flashes, he just hasn't given you enough with him heading into the final year of his rookie deal to not take a quarterback when you have the chance to draft one that high. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It was the same old movie for the Jets with Darnold. He looked good in the first half. He did have his most passing yards in a game this season, but I think it was like 267, which really isn't saying much. Um, but, 
yeah, he he's making mistakes that he should not be making. Like that last interception, he's got to see the safety there in coverage. He didn't see it in the end zone. They could have got back in the game, but it's the same thing we've seen all the, all the time with him. And I I agree with you to a certain extent that I, they can't go into next year with him as the as the starting quarterback or as the only option at quarterback. If they don't like one of the guys at two, I don't I don't mind them trading out and addressing the situation in some other way. But they're going to have to address the situation either in the draft and high in the draft, like in the first rounder or somewhere one of those first 34 picks they own. Or they're going to have to find someone else to compete with Arnold if they want to bring him back. Or, I mean, I think they should just move on and, and draft a quarterback and start over with a quarterback on their rookie contract. But we're going to see what's going to happen. It's obviously going to be a busy and big offseason for Joe Douglas. And that's there's a lot there. But there's just no planet on which you can say that Donald has shown enough to where you can feel comfortable giving him the fourth year of his contract as this team's quarterback and feel good about it. And unless I just don't see a situation where that can, can play out. He just hasn't been good enough. So, and by his own admission, he said he hasn't, he wasn't good enough this year and, He's taken, if you look back at the way he played late in his rookie year, I mean, he's taken a clear step backwards. So um, this was, I don't think this game sealed that by any means. I don't think if he come out and thrown for seven touchdowns and 500 yards today, I don't think it would have changed the calculus or it shouldn't have changed the calculus much because the body of work is, you know, 38 games at this point. But um it was just more confirmation of what we've already seen. Plenty to talk about with this over the next couple of months, so we'll save it for down the line, but that's your major headline coming out of this game. Another major headline, unfortunately, is the fact that the Jets' top two picks in the 2020 draft came out of this game with injuries. Denzel Mims went into concussion protocol, and then we saw a high ankle sprain from Akai Becton. What do we know about those two and anybody else that got injured? So, yeah, with the injuries, you can imagine Adam Gates wasn't in a particularly expansive uh, mood after the game. I think he knew what was coming. Um, but basically, Mims has a concussion. Uh, Beckton has that high ankle sprain. And Jeff Smith also left with a shoulder injury, and that was it for the, uh, the major injuries. Um, everybody else was able to finish the game. With Beckton, when Gates was asked for more on his status, um, he basically said that the only thing he knew was that it was a high ankle sprain. And I think like overall you would have preferred to not have it happen, but if it had to happen for it to happen in the last game and he was able to walk off the field, um, unless something happened that we don't know about or something unforeseen, it, it's not going to be anything that affects him going into next year. And uh, it looks to be that way. Now, obviously, you don't never know with a concussion, but with Mims, hopefully it's not one that, that affects him into next year. But if, if you're going to have these guys get hurt, I guess now is the right time for it to happen and, and for them not to have injuries that would seem to be um, threatening to a long period of time of their, of their seasons. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. 
From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. After the game, I'm sure the locker room was a very interesting place at Gillette Stadium. So let's talk about what was said. For the final time this season, we heard from Adam Gase. He seemed to be a guy that knew what was coming Wasn't exactly in a jovial mood for obvious reasons. Sam Darnold, to his credit, handled it like a pro. He did say at one point when asked that he doesn't know what the future holds. I have to admit, Andy, I was wrong. I thought one of you guys was going to ask him if he watched the Ohio State-Clemson game the other day and bring up Justin Fields, but nobody did, so credit to the beat for that. I thought for sure somebody was going to mention that. And then, of course, we had some of the other players weighing in in the locker room as well. Take us through what was said by Gase, by Darnold, and by the other players that had the opportunity to speak. Yeah, I mean, Gase was not in a reflective mood, and to his credit, he's handled this whole situation very well. It's not easy to be... You know, basically, since the middle of last year, he's been asked about his job security, and you may not like him as a coach, and may not like him as a person, but he did handle the situation well, so give him credit for that. Um, but yeah, yeah, he wasn't in the mood to, to be reflective or talk about it today. He was asked about if he had, would have changed anything that maybe would have made the team more successful, and he said it was hard to think about that when they're just coming off the field 10 minutes earlier. He was asked about, to put the season perspective, same comment. When he was asked about um, his future with the team, he said, you know, I'm not going to speculate on that. And he said he'd talk to Christopher Johnson at some point on Sunday night or Monday morning. Obviously, he talked to him on Sunday night. And uh, for the second time in three years, the Jets move on from a coach after playing their Week 17 game in New England and, and getting back to the facility from there around at around 9 p.m. So, um 
it was eerily familiar to the Todd Bowles uh, dismissal, but obviously Case got two years less than Todd Bowles because he ended up besting him in terms of, or worsting him in terms of putting together one of the worst uh, stretches in franchise history. Sam Darnold, for the first time, really acknowledged that he's not sure if he's going to be back with the next with the Jets next year. He doesn't know uh, what the future holds for him. He's trying to, you know, be, you know, in the moment. So he said he was going to deal with the loss right now, a tough loss with his teammates, and then uh, you know, focus on what he can control. And, and he doesn't have control over the future or what the Jets are going to do. And so he admitted that, I don't know if I'm going to be, if I just played my last game as a Jet. But another guy who wasn't interested in really reflecting on um, the future, I'm sorry, reflecting on the past and and interested in putting his time with the Jets in perspective. And, and that's understandable because, you know, it was, he was just on the field, you know, 30 minutes before and throwing an interception into the end zone that had to be frustrating for him. You know, all things considered, Sam has not been the quarterback the Jets thought he would be, but in every other way, he's been really impressive. Um, on a personal level, I'm bumper him that it didn't work out and that it hasn't worked out. And he is 23, and, and there are there is a way for him to turn it around in the right situation, I think. But, um, you know, I think moving on from the Jets would be better for him and for the team. We'll have to see what happens next and, and you know, what the Jets decide to do this offseason. Um, other guys we talked, Jamison Crowder, didn't have much to say about Adam Gase's future. He just said, basically, whatever happens, I just want to make sure that I'm doing what I can to make sure that I'm being the best player I can be. Um, and another guy who was asked about Adam Gase's future was Marcus May who basically said it's out of my control and didn't go any further into it. And then Neville Hewitt is another guy who was asked about Adam Gase's future. And he gave the longest answer of anybody who was asked that question. Basically said he'll always appreciate Gase because he was with Gase in Miami. They played on that playoff team together. He he got hurt. He was basically ruled, counted out of returning, and then the Jets gave him another shot. So he appreciated Gase for that and, and the entire Jets coaching staff. Um, but you just kind of see the difference. Some guys just basically had nothing to say. Other guys were expansive in their, in their support. Um, Donald also said, you know, reiterated that he still, you know, believed in, in Gase and all that. The same lines we've heard from him all year. So um, uh, the other interesting thing that came out of this to me was Marcus May was asked about his future and he said that, um, of course, he wants to remain with the Jets. He's comfortable here. He likes it here with the Jets. But it's out of his control because, you know, he doesn't know, A, if the Jets want him back, or B, what kind of contract they're going to be willing to offer him. So um, I'm sure the situation where he's going to end up in with whatever team makes him the best offer, you know, if it's a good fit as well. So it remains to be seen if the Jets will, will be in that. Um, you know, kind of stratosphere, but or what he's going to command. But he, but he did have his probably his best season with the Jets and, and showed his value as a leader. So I would not be surprised if they paid him to return. But we'll see what happens. Should also mention Andy, since I didn't say this before. 
that at one point it looked like Sam Darnold's final pass as a Jet may very well have been an interception. Of course, the Jets did get the ball back at the very end. Darnold completed a screen pass. So if this was the end for Darnold as a Jet, he'll go out on a completed screen pass instead of an interception. Of course, if it had been an interception, this whole thing would have come full circle because if you recall, the very first pass Sam Darnold threw as a New York Jet was on Monday Night Football against the Detroit Lions, and it was a pick six. So it would have been interesting if it would have ended for Darnold that way, considering how it started, but it ends on a completed screen pass instead. Let's talk about now what happened with Adam Gase. Here is the official statement from acting owner Christopher Johnson. This evening, I informed Adam Gase he will no longer serve as the head coach of the New York Jets. During his time here, I had the pleasure to get to know Adam and his wonderful family, and I wish them nothing but the best moving forward. While my sincere intentions are to have stability in our organization, especially in our leadership positions, it is clear the best decision for the Jets is to move in a different direction. We knew there was a lot of work that needed to be done when Adam joined us in 2019. Our strong finish last year was encouraging, but unfortunately, we did not sustain that positive momentum or see the progress we all expected this season. To our fans, it is obvious we have not been good enough. We are committed to building a strong organization on and off the field and will continue to provide the necessary resources to field a team that you can be proud of. I'd like to see them slash season ticket prices as a goodwill gesture to start, Andy, but we'll see what the future holds in that regard. Your friend Rich Semini over at ESPN New York had this to say about what the search is going to look like. He says, per source, CEO Christopher Johnson, team president Jaime Eli, and GM Joe Douglas will conduct the search. Douglas, whose opinion carries the most weight because of his football background, will make the recommendation. Johnson will make the final decision. Now, a lot of people on social media are freaking out about that, thinking that Christopher Johnson is going to be the one who's in the room actively making the decision. The way I understand it is that basically Joe Douglas is going to do all the heavy lifting. He will make the recommendation and barring something crazy, Christopher Johnson is more or less just going to rubber stamp Joe Douglas's choice. Is that pretty much how you understand it as well? Well, yeah, that's basically it. I have, you know, what Rich reported is accurate. I've confirmed it as well with, with, um, you know, sources who would know and, yeah, it's going to be a collaborative process. Christopher, the team president, Jaime, is going to be heavily involved, both of them and Joe Douglas. All three of them are going to be involved heavily in the uh, interview process. It's basically going to mirror the interview process that they used to hire at, um, Joe Douglas, but instead of um, Adam Gase being the third person, Joe Douglas is now the third person. So it's a process that worked for them before. All three guys are going to be very collaborative, but Douglas's decision is going to carry the most weight. And of course, Johnson is going to make the final decision because he's the acting owner, but it doesn't mean he's going to, why would he have Douglas play such a heavy role in the search if he was going to just veto his opinion? So I wouldn't worry, be worried about that. Douglas is going to be involved every step of the way and have the heaviest say in this whole thing. And, and the Jets believe that they have a process that worked. Um, it's too early to know if Douglas 
you know, is going to work out as a GM, but they're using the same process that they used to land him who, and he was a guy who was highly coveted at the point that they hired him around the league. So um, let's just see how it plays out. But yeah, I wouldn't be overly concerned that Christopher Johnson is going to overrule a decision made by Joe Douglas uh, unilaterally. If it ever were to get to that point, you there, there is, like I said, a collaborative process. So it would be a long, long discussions. And, and I don't think uh, Joe Douglas is going to make a recommendation either that he doesn't think Christopher Johnson would be on board with. So um, yeah, I, I don't think uh, that's, should be a major concern for Jets fans. Andy, let's talk about some of the guys who are expected to be brought in for interviews here with the Jets. You've got a great article up at USA Today, which I recommend everybody look at. It has a list of 11 potential coaching hires for the Jets. Of course, Tom Pelissero also came out with a report yesterday. Here are a couple of names that he identified. Some of them are in Andy's report. Some of them aren't. So we're going to get into who Andy added on top of this. He's got Iowa State coach Matt Campbell, who we've talked about a lot, Florida coach Dan Mullen, Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley, Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans, Don Wink Martindale, defensive coordinator of the Ravens, Matt Eberfluss, defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts, and Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator from the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, there are some notable names not on this list, including Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, and Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. So we're going to go through this. I'm going to do profiles of these guys over the next couple of weeks until the Jets make the hire, the same way that I did before Gase got hired. I should remind you that if you listen to that series, you knew right away that Adam Gase was the absolute wrong choice for this job. Everything that Travis Wingfield, who came on the show to talk about Gase, told you ended up being correct. If only the Jets would have listened to Travis, we wouldn't be sitting here two years later talking about another coaching search. So hopefully they do a better job this time. But before we dive in on lengthy profiles on each individual candidate, let's do a quick overview, Andy, of some of these guys. And I want to talk about the article that you wrote. I'll add on some of the guys that I just mentioned from Pelissero's report as well. Matt Eberfluss, the defensive coordinator for the Colts. My friend George Bremer, who is a frequent guest on this show, covers the Colts. He has very nice things to say about Matt Eberfluss. Looking forward to finding out more, but the players really respect him. And obviously there's a connection there because Rex Hogan came from the Indianapolis Colts front office. So there's a synergy so he's somebody to keep your eye on another guy that's an interesting dark horse candidate is Brandon Staley the defensive coordinator from the Rams only his first year as a defensive coordinator so in a lot of ways he's sort of the defensive version of Joe Brady here but had a really really nice year with the Rams they were the top defense in the league so he could be one of those young whiz kid types that could surprise people during the interview process Dan Mullen is an interesting candidate, and my buddy Scott Carter, who covers the Gators, will be on the show to talk about him. Let's just say he's a weirdo. I don't think he would work very well here in New York. I don't know that he would work very well in the NFL. And as I've joked with my friend Connor Rogers, having your wife kiss players on the mouth 
probably not something that would go over very well in the Jets locker room. So we'll get into Dan Mullen, the pros and cons. Obviously, there's good there because of the work that he's done with quarterbacks, most especially what he did at Mississippi State with Dak Prescott. But very weird guy, and I don't think his act would play here. So now let's move on to the guys, Andy, that you have on your list, some of which appeared on Pelissero, some of which you added on to. Looks like Jim Harbaugh is probably staying at Michigan. The rumor is that he's about to sign an extension that would keep him there through 2026. However, we do know that the Johnsons are semi-obsessed with him. They've tried to hire him twice in the past. It hasn't worked out. Maybe they try to go down that well one more time. I hope not because I think he's been exposed badly at Michigan, and I really have no idea why they want to give him an extension. Joe Brady I brought up before. Only one year as an offensive coordinator, but did a really good job with a team that was expected to be one of the worst rosters in the league. Got a lot out of Robbie Anderson, too. So, you know, he's somebody that's an interesting offensive mind, only 31 years old. So you have to wonder, is he somebody that could lead a locker room? Jim Caldwell stepped away from an assistant job with the Dolphins about two years ago because he had health problems. 65 years old, two-time head coach, sort of that steady Eddie type of guy. I would say he's kind of the Alex Smith of coaches you could do worse but you could do a lot better too not sure that that's a guy that I would want but certainly he's not the worst choice in the world Matt Campbell who we brought up before that would be a home run hire I think an established track record completely turning around two programs in both Toledo and now Iowa State they just won their bowl game they got to the Big 12 championship game for the first time in school history Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator for the Bills. This is a guy that did incredible work with Josh Allen. Many people felt there was no way that Allen could succeed in the NFL given all of the problems he had at Wyoming, but Dable, the coaching staff, the front office, and Allen himself worked together and found a way to turn Allen into one of the best quarterbacks in football. So certainly a strong candidate, plus the opportunity to pull him away from division rival Bills. One of my favorites on this list, Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach over at Northwestern. He's been there for 15 years, and you should take a look at what he's done compared to what was going on at Northwestern before he showed up. This is a school that is always having to settle for two and three star recruits, and yet they find themselves competing with the big boys most years. In fact, Look at what happened in the Big Ten Championship game this year. They really gave Ohio State a run for their money, and Fitzgerald did the best job of anybody that has ever played against Justin Fields at making him look bad, which makes that an interesting dynamic because there's a lot of respect between those two. Fields legitimately considered going to Northwestern before originally settling on Georgia and then, of course, transferring to Ohio State. So perhaps... The Jets, if they land Fitzgerald, would be comfortable with that Fitzgerald-Justin Fields dynamic. He's somebody that was considered a long shot and in some ways still is, but word came down today that he is willing to talk to pro teams that are interested. So we know he's got a relationship with Joe Douglas. Let's see if Joe Douglas can sell him on the job. Marvin Lewis, another name that kind of goes in that Jim Caldwell category. He was a longtime head coach for the Bengals, solid but unremarkable, never able to win a playoff game. Currently the defensive coordinator for our old friend Herm Edwards at Arizona State. 
would be a stabilizing force, but I'm not so sure that that's a road you want to go down, especially since he's already in his 60s, and you may not want to go down retread lane, so to speak, but Marvin Lewis is rumored to potentially be attached to Don Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Really fascinating guy. He's somebody that has succeeded pretty much everywhere he's been. Players love him. The coaches respect him. He's somebody that has deep ties around the league and all throughout the football community. You've heard Tony Elliott, the offensive coordinator for Clemson, tied to Don Wink Martindale as a potential guy to come in as the offensive coordinator. Last year, he was pitching Joe Brady as his offensive coordinator, so clearly a forward-thinking guy. Another one to keep your eye on, too, because of that relationship that he's got with Joe Douglas. Arthur Smith, offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. Young guy, only 38 years old. Second season as the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. Picked up where Matt LaFleur left off. The bulk of that Tennessee offense is play-action passes with Ryan Tannehill, but more importantly, the running of Derrick Henry, who has just been a bulldozer, just got over 2,000 yards for the season. So he's a name to watch out for as a young up-and-coming guy. Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, very fiery guy, popular among the league. There's a lot of talk that he may end up in Detroit where he's from a lot of people are rallying for that to happen so keep your eye on that that could happen relatively quickly Eric Bieniemy is another big name we've been hearing about him for a couple years Jets did interview him in 2019 before hiring Gase obviously the offensive coordinator for the very successful Kansas City Chiefs offense we know what the Chiefs have done the question here is, what exactly has Bienemy's role been? Because Andy Reid calls the plays. It's his offense. Bienemy is his chief assistant. We've heard testimony from some of the players about how well Eric Bienemy takes to leadership roles. But this is the kind of thing that you're really going to have to dig in on in the interview process and talking to people that know him. So a really fascinating list here. And Andy, it sure seems like they are going to be casting a very wide net. Now, the danger of that, of course, is that if you interview too many people, these guys that you want may get scooped up early, and then you're left with the guys that are on the second tier of your list. So you don't want to cast too wide of a net and take too much time doing this, but you also want to be thorough. So those are the guys that we're hearing about right now. Talk to me about some of the ones I just mentioned because 11 of them are on your list that you can find right now over at USA Today. Yeah, um, well, just to be clear, I'm the list... And I, th- I think I made it clear in the intro to the list, but it's not – I'm not claiming that the Jets are linked to these guys or anything. It's its just some of the candidates who are out there, and I felt like I had a realistic chance of potentially being considered by the Jets. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, some of them I don't think would be good fits for the Jets. Some of them uh, I think would be. I think that they should be focused on guys who have um, – the leadership capability to create a vision that the whole locker room can believe in. I think that has been consistently a problem for the coach of the Jets going back to Todd Bowles and probably, um, you know, the end of the Rex Ryan era is that they, they didn't have a plan or an identity that they could lean on to win games. Um, and that's why a lot of these Jets teams recently, I think, have have faltered when they 
deal with adversity. It's just because they don't really know how to, to handle it because um, they've kind of just been teams that are freelancing and doing what works this game, but not being consistent from game to game. And, and I think a lot of that has come from leadership because it's, I mean, if you, if you wanted to know like what was Adam Gase's vision, like I don't really know how he planned to win football games other than like throwing a bunch of short passes and telling the defensive coordinator that you figure it out yourself. Like that's not good enough. Um, for me, I, it shouldn't be good enough for the Jets, and they they've got to find someone who can oversee everything and and be involved enough with the defense that if they don't like what's going on, that they know enough to push the right buttons on the on the right players to make changes, or or vice versa. If it's a more defensive minded coach, they need to be able to do that offensively and step in. And and I think there are some guys on that list um, that seem to, it's hard to tell, right? It's hard, especially with the guys who haven't coached before, but Sela, like, I don't know if I pronounce his name, right. I always have a hard time with that one, but he seems like a guy who just has that it factor, um, that charisma that, that might work. But like you said, he might be off the board of the lines. And that's the big thing about losing the number one pick is that, I think you get whoever you want if you have the number one pick, but without the number one pick, you better be strategic about this and make sure that you don't let some of the options get away or you make it, if you really want somebody, you make a play for them in a way that's going to be hard for them to turn you down. So um, I think guys like Fitzgerald, uh, Campbell, those are the kind of candidates that I like the most Uh, guys who have charismatic leadership, have a vision for, you know, how they want to rebuild a program, they experience rebuilding programs and overseeing every aspect of it. Um, That's uh, the kind of person that the Jets need. I I think there is some good and, and some positives from like what Gase did. The fact that he was willing to bring in a guy like Greg Williams and even though he might have ended up being a threat to him as the head coach, I think that is good. But you also have to make it clear that in the end, you're the head coach and you're going to do what I want as the head coach. And that's how things like that cover zero at the end of the Raiders game happens or don't happen. Because, you know, on a team, on a Bill Belichick team, do you think – McDaniels is making some crazy ass offensive call that Belichick later is like, I didn't, I didn't hear it. And I would have overruled it if I had heard it in time. Like that's just not happening. So, um, you know, the Patriots aren't a good example right now, but anyway, that's where I think it's at for the jets here. That's what I think is the most important thing that they need to do. Um, you can't have it feeling like two separate teams. Um, I think, in some ways it can be effective, but in the end it's not going to work. And as we saw, it didn't work for the jets at all under Adam case. And, and everybody needs to be pulling in the same direction. Everybody needs to believe in the guy who is selling the vision. And, and I think that's really important for the jets. 
Andy, a CEO is what this team needs. We've heard a lot about gurus and guys who have a defense that they like or an offense that they like. Need somebody that has either shown that they can do the job already because they've done it or somebody that, as you said, has those leadership characteristics where it looks like there's a good chance they'll be able to do the job. We know that last time around, one of the things that really drove the search was the idea of finding somebody to help Sam Darnold, and that can't be what the goal is this time. Whether they stick with Darnold or go with somebody else, they have to hire somebody who can run the entire team and that they trust to hire somebody to work with the quarterback. Now, if it's somebody who specializes in helping quarterbacks on top of being a good head coach, fine, but I think people need to understand when they say you need to get somebody that you can trust to develop a quarterback no what you need is to get somebody that you trust to hire someone on his staff who is capable of developing a quarterback because the head coach's job is to be the CEO and one of the biggest influences on Christopher Johnson the last time around was a phone call from Peyton Manning really talking up Adam Gase building up his credentials as an offensive mastermind and as somebody that can help quarterbacks I saw this from Kurt Warner yesterday. He wrote, I remember growing up in Iowa when Iowa State was not a desirable place to go as a football player. Thanks to Matt Campbell, that narrative has been changed. I've heard so many great things about the man beyond the coach that I would love my sons to be a part of that culture. So Andy, I think it's safe to say, if there's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback calling Christopher Johnson to try to influence his opinion this time, let's hope it's Kurt Warner. <laughs> well yeah i mean um that's the whole thing like you can't you can't operate in that way where you hire a coach who's just whose focus is going to be one player like that's not how this works the head coach needs to be able to cultivate uh, an atmosphere that gives all of his players a good chance to develop and be focused on all of them. And a, a good head coach is going to know that it's important to develop the quarterback. So he's going to put the necessary measures in place to, to get it done, whether it's him doing it, a lot of it face to face or, or not. Um, he's going to make the right decisions and, and set the overall, you know, culture um, and not have this perception where, like all of his time is being invested into that one player, because I think that ends up hurting the team in the end. Um, and I think as a coach, you miss out on stuff. You miss out on details. Even Gase admitted that when he stopped calling plays, um, he was able to see more, of course, in, in a fitting conclusion to that, he didn't keep doing it that way, even though they had two of their best offensive games, he went back to his old way that didn't work. And guess what? It didn't work the rest of the season, but um it's that's it's, it's fascinating, but yeah, they've they've got to find someone who is going to focus on the overall culture. And I hate that term, like building a winning culture or whatever, because what does it even mean? But it's kind of like one of those you know it when you see it things, and um, that's really what is important for for them now, because um, as as you see, this team just really doesn't have doesn't know consistently what it takes to win. I do think that under Douglas, they have taken some right steps in the right direction. And I think you saw this year by the fact that they continued playing hard the entire season, even though there really wasn't anything on the line after like week six, but it's 
one thing to get the start of it. You've got to get the right person to like carry it on and, and make sure that it's um, something that is pervasive throughout the building. Going to be a very eventful offseason, Andy. We've got the coaching search now. Then we're going to have free agency. And remember, the Jets have a ton of money to spend and a lot of draft picks to use. So we've got a lot of work ahead of us, and it starts right now with the coaching search. Over the next two weeks, the Jets are going to make a very important coaching hire. And if you want to get a lot of information on some of the candidates, in addition to listening to the in-depth profiles that we're going to do here on the show over the next couple of weeks before the Jets make the hire, I'm going to have on people that have covered each of these candidates, and we're going to go chapter and verse. Take a look at Andy's overview that's available right now at USA Today. Andy, I know you're going to have plenty more over at NorthJersey.com, so why don't you go ahead and tell people what you've got planned coming up for the coaching search. Yeah, well, on Monday morning, you can come on NorthJersey.com as well. Um, you can see the entire coaching list that I put together. Um, if you want to hear everything that was said in the, in the locker room after the game and see how depressed Adam Gase was in video form, uh, that's there for you too. And, and I have all the quotes in the file there. But more on Sam Darnold's last game, potentially with the Jets, what he had to say after it and what it could mean going forward. On Monday morning, I'm going to have more information about exactly how this coaching search is going to play out and what it might look like, who's going to be involved. Uh, definitely check that out. And then as the Jets uh, you know, start interviewing candidates, we're going to look into each one of them and try to figure out a little bit more in depth who we think the the right fit is for the Jets. And, and just keep in mind like how many factors um, – or, or how big of a factor that this hire is going to have on the, the future of this franchise, because the Jets are going into this offseason where they're basically going to draft what they hope is a new core to their team. They're going to add key free agents, and this coach, whoever they hire, is going to have a big say in the direction that they take this thing. So... Um, it's really an interesting time. I think um, you look back at 2018 and we thought at the time that was the off season that would define the jets. But, but this, this, the situation Douglas has them in right now is, uh, is very interesting and we're going to be looking uh, in detail at it moving forward. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com. Thanks for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. Make sure that you're checking out Andy's work over at NorthJersey.com and following him on Twitter at Andy underscore Vasquez. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turn on the jets.com hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.